Welcome to week three. Fantastic. So this, I'm just like realizing the last time I tried to do this workshop was last year, which was, you know, shut down with the shutdown. So I'm like, man, we haven't even made it past week one um, till this year. So this is super great. So I want you to kind of just come into this thinking about where you are, thinking about where you started. Um, I think God really, there's a lot of power in reflecting back, even if it's back like a couple days. I don't know about you, but my brain kind of goes like, okay, am I, getting to the, am I getting to the solution, right? And I just forget that I'm in process. Um, I heard somebody call the waiting time as becoming, and I really like that. Um, I think that's what, why God cares so much about the slow pace, because it forces us to be more intentional, um, in our present. We're 24-hour beings, right? We're created for a day at a time. And while he loves for us to be responsible and good stewards and all of this and like be able to, he speaks into our planning, he definitely wants us to take a second. So I just want you to reflect and think like, where am I at even now um, compared to when I started this workshop? You know, I want you to think about um, what might have stood out to you in these past couple weeks? What's a nugget that he's brought up for you? And I know I've given you <laughs> a lot of handouts because I love those things, but I don't, want the, I don't want you to get stuck in the weeds there. I really want you to be with God on this, and if you gravitated towards some of the worksheets, um, which, by the way, Chris is bringing uh, the worksheets from the previous couple weeks in case you missed it, um, also, my email is, I think, on the bottom of most of the worksheets. You can please, please just feel free to shoot me an email if you need anything um, or extra copies of something. Maybe you filled it out and you're like, wait, I want to print this out. Um, so you just let me know. Reach out to me that way. But yeah, if you gravitated towards some and not others, that's fine. Um, it's mainly to give you an idea of different angles to look at your life from, different angles to look at yourself from. Um, but I cannot stress enough the self-kindness piece. Um, I think that's been one of the main foundational aspects of where I needed to posture myself in order to get more freedom in my life and experience order in my life God's way is me accepting. You know, there were so many themes of that this morning, right? Like, God works everything for a good. Oh, my word. Like, it was just underlining so much of what's been going on. So I'll give you a little update. For instance, for me, where I started when we did this workshop slash, you know, bring it to where I am now. Um, so as I told you, uh, we're in the process of moving. Moving day was Tuesday. Yay. So <laughs> that all happened. So we've been in our house, our new house, for a couple days. Um, somehow everything worked out that day, and it really was just me sort of letting go of needing to control things because I'm like, wouldn't it be irrational for me to think I could control when the delivery men got there? Like, that's literally irrational, right? So it's like the moments of catching, where is my brain going, um, all of that, but it ended up happening. Um, we had been living without a fridge for two weeks, and we got very comfortable with our cooler. Um, so that was a positive. Um, and I'm like, this is why refrigerators aren't just like big bins of cold water with things floating in them. But it worked, you know. Um, so that worked out. My laptop dried out fully, so I didn't have to bring it in, you know, when I spilled the coffee all over it um, right before this all started. Yeah, what other updates? 
jury duty. Thank you. So I had a moment last night. So obviously I did not get called in, yay, because <laughs> I'm here. <sighs> but I had a moment, and this is what I'm talking about. This is why I think God wants me to share this kind of thing, because it's the real-life moments that we actually make this stuff real. It's not just the one time accept it, and then you just kind of go. It's what my brain wants to think. It's like, hey, you worked really hard at believing, so now it should just happen. That's not how it works, right? So revising and managing my expectations. Manage your expectations, it's a step, okay? It's been a very hard step for me because I want things to go the way that they would make sense to me for them to go. But that's not what happens, so constantly I'm needing to manage my expectations. So jury duty. I went into this week just really realizing I had 0% control over whether I was going to get called in or not. Um, so I, if you have never been summoned for jury duty, which I never have, because you know I think they summon you once in your life or whatever, depending on if you've moved somewhere. So it was ridiculous that I had to deal with this like this last week. Um, but you have to call every night to see if they need you the next day. So what happened was Sunday was my first night that I had to call. So I called them. They're like, on the recording, we're not having court tomorrow. So I was like, cool, great, okay. I've got some more, you know, some more time to prepare for the packing stuff, right? Tuesday, there, were, there was a certain set of numbers that they called. Not mine. Somehow I dodged it again. Amazing. Wednesday, we don't have court. I'm like, Okay, good, okay, so I can still keep on packing and like all this stuff, and then I'm like, wait, that means Thursday they're definitely gonna call me. So I'm sitting there like in all of my feelings, in all of the drama that I was allowing to just kind of spiral last night, and that's what I'm talking about, is like I was allowing it to spiral a bit. God makes his peace accessible to me right away in the moment. And just like what we heard from the stage this morning, we need to remember to accept what he extends to us. That's our action step. So me in the moment, I'm putting the pieces together, right? I know how this process works. They have court, then they don't. Then they have court, then they don't. Then they have court. Like, it's how it works. So I'm like, well, they're definitely calling me tomorrow. And God's like, hang on. <laughs> like, I want to be with you in this. So I felt him give me the verse that very much aligns with what we heard this morning. I don't withhold any good thing from you in any circumstance. So I'm sitting there like, how can that be true, though? Because if they call me, then these women are sort of left hanging after two weeks, and then it will be another, right? I did one out of three last year. What am I supposed to do, two out of three this year? And he's like, that's not, that's not even the rationale that I have. He's like, I withhold no good thing from you. So what does that also mean? I withhold no good thing from any of you, any of you women, any of his daughters who have come to this. He doesn't. Even me, I can't screw it up for you. That's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> what? So he kind of put that in me, and it was my job. It was my then responsibility to step into that and say, okay, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. I have to. It's either believe you or keep spinning out and stressing myself out. And then my anxiety grows because, I don't know if you remember, I think I might have mentioned this last week, anxiety grows when we focus our resources of attention and energy on things we cannot control. 
anxiety like crazy, or freedom and confidence because I'm seriously just needing to be rational and let go of what I cannot control. How can I let it go? God is giving me a reminder that he holds it. I'm not letting it go like, I'm going to need to drop a ball here and I'm going to ruin everything by dropping that ball. That's not based on God's truth, right? He said, I hold it all. I told you to cast your cares on me because I hold it all. I know how to do this, basically, is what God's saying. So that's my update. So I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) Not because of me. I need you to understand there are so many balls up in the air still. And I want you to hear that. My confidence comes from stepping onto this invisible foundation that he's put in front of me. It stays invisible until you step on it and realize it's a solid ground. And again, it's that difference between me choosing the anxiety spiral or choosing that freedom and peace of just saying, okay, you said it, my way doesn't work so rationally, right? I don't want to be insane here, keep trying the same thing, expecting different results. If something's going to change, something has to change. And if he made me to be able to impact my own life, then that change needs to start with me changing something I can actually control. Right? So I didn't bring something like this, but I want to encourage you to like Google um, things I can control, things I can't control, something like that. Because there's, and then look in the images results. Because I'm sure somebody's made something really great that's going to speak to you. Actually, usually the kid ones, the ones they make for little kids, like that one usually like kind of speaks to me. I'm like, yes, I relate. That's really good. But it talks to you about, it shows you a great like visual. I'm a very visual person because <laughs> I need these mind concepts like put out into a picture. Um, it shows you within this sphere are really the things you can control. You can control what you do with your feelings. Here's what you can't control. Other people's feelings. Shoot. (laughs) That puts me in a slightly (laughs) difficult spot sometimes, right? So I want you to re-familiarize yourself with just the brain science and the psychology piece of what you can be paying your attention to and spending your energy on that will actually increase your own confidence and increase the impact you're making in your own life. Like, let's work smarter, not harder, right? So um, that's something to check out a little bit later. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to share just a teeny bit about my drive-in this morning. (laughs) I was um, really struck by what God's been doing in me because I've been saying yes. And I don't know if you have ever done like a word of the year. Has anybody ever done something like that? Okay, cool. So I don't know how it's gone for you, um, but I do word of the year because at Winning at Home where I coach, they encourage all of their staff and contract um, people to do a word of the year. And that was the first experience I had had with that. So, so far I've uh, worked with them in some capacity for like five-ish years. So I recently ran across like all of my little cards from the years before. And my first card was awake. And 
that one means a lot to me because it's like I was living asleep before that. Um, I wasn't really taking an active role in my life. I was letting the default, letting the autopilot just continue to run me. I don't know if you saw that handout from, I think it was last week, but that driven versus called. I mean, I was really on that hamster wheel hard. And I was stuck in the comparison trap, okay? And I was basing how I felt productive on totally external things, what those things were telling me were productive. And different pictures or examples of that I saw in other people's lives. That's how I was living. I was immersed in that. And I'm not going to say I was obsessive, like I had no, I had no thought of God, I had no thought of, but it just wasn't integrated, right? Do you feel that, like in this workshop, that this is maybe helping you like see and maybe grasp on a different level in yourself? God meant this to be integrated. He meant for spiritual truths to be walked out practically. He meant it. And it's part of our design. It's what gives us freedom. It's what gives us a way out of anxiety spirals. You know? So awake was that first word that I felt like, okay, I can commit to awake. I can't commit to change my life, you know, stepping into freedom. Like that was not going to be an action word describing that was not going to be my first word. But awake felt like an action, and it felt gentle enough to be with me in my very first steps. And that's something God gave me. And awake turned into, which one? Okay, awake turned into the next year was a process that God put on my heart. Perseverance, follow through, trust. And it had to be in that order. <laughs> I don't have a great track record at following through. That's been a little bit touch and go for me. I love to start things. Very exciting to start things. Getting in the weeds of it, uh, I, can, I can go through a little bit of that. Finishing something, the, the perseverance, literally, that it takes to finish something, wasn't really great at that. And I felt that God was challenging me on that, saying, hey, this is kind of what it takes. It takes just learning this. And I realized my obstacle, so that's something that I want us to talk a little bit about today, like what would stop you from walking it out, what you learned in this workshop? It's going to be obstacles. So I want you to think about that even in relation to your own life, like as I share this. So I realized, like I was asking myself, I was getting curious, why, why do I have such a problem with following through? I want to see the solution. I want to see the effects. I want to see the impact of this. Why, why am I stopping myself? It's so befuddling to me. Like, why am I doing this? And God showed me, it's because you aren't actually trusting me. It's because the real self in you knows you can't control the outcome even if you put all of the right steps into it. I was very uncomfortable with the fact that I could not predict the outcome. Because that's what my whole fleshly self was telling me was the goal. Well, I'm doing these things to get here. And God was like, not, not really. <laughs> He's like, this is where I live. This is my arena. The outcome is where he lives. That's why trust was an action that I could take, 
but it didn't look like how it took to follow through. And that perseverance had to be first step because I needed some kind of a theme to remind me what I was doing (laughs) with this new habit process. Because again, we're humans, okay? You're each... You're each wired the way that you're wired. I want you to embrace that. Some of you are, are sort of like more deliberate, cautious. Um, you're more of a processor, maybe more of an internal processor. You think things through very thoroughly. Some of you are like, let's go. Like, go, go, go. Oh, wait. And then you figure out like five steps through like, oh, if I had done that, okay. Like, so some of you are just more popcorn, spontaneous, in the moment. Um, And I want you to accept that about yourself. Is it perfect? No. Um, Is it supposed to be perfect? Is it even possible that it's perfect, right? These are the questions that we need to ask. We need to stay curious. Now, why would I expect perfection if that's not even rational? Why would I expect to control an outcome if that's not even possible, okay? So I want to encourage us to think about it from that, kind of from that angle too. So that process really helped me. And again, God was reminding me, like, it's not important that you do this perfectly. It's important to me, he was saying, that you do it with a certain heart. Um, Two of the pieces in my process were really about surrendering. Perseverance, I'm surrendering my need for control. Because I will be the first to tell you my biggest pet peeve (laughs) is doing busy work. Hate it. Do not give me work, something I have to do that's not going to get me something productive in the end. Don't do it. Please, don't put me through that. So I want you to think about, like, what is God maybe asking you to surrender perspective-wise, because I guarantee you he's not asking you to be a different person than he made you to be. Okay, that's a Satan lie. And that stuff really gets us off track. Anytime that we make steps toward growth, we are going to feel attacked. Like we talked about last week, when I step outside of my comfort zone, I am going directly into the fear zone. Okay, so just remind yourself, this is part of it. I, it's not just that I can do hard work, it's that I'm supposed to do hard work. It's that I was made capable of doing hard work. And how satisfied do you feel about having overcome really difficult things in your life already? You've already done it. You've already done it, and God's asking you to do it here. And actually, this one, you're going to hit, you know, your head's going to hit the pillow at night, and you're going to be like, I lived in a way that I actually admire myself. What an enormous gift. Caring for yourself in a way that your actions show you that, man, there's no love like that. God has made us to have beautiful, amazing relationships with other people, with himself, and with ourselves. If I don't accept myself as the valuable beloved crown of his creation, like he told me that I am, then I really am going to have a hard time bettering my life his way because I'm going to still try to do it in my own strength. 
you know, it's just like we heard this morning. If there's any barrier, right, between me and him, it's something I'm putting there, man. It's something I'm allowing to be there, at least. I could even look at that obstacle and say, I didn't have anything to do with that. I don't want that there, but I'm letting it be there. God made me capable of obliterating mountains. Oh, my word. Okay, so this makes me think of something I was going to share last week, but I will do that right now. Um, Sarah Groves, I don't know if anyone's familiar with her. She's a Christian artist that I've loved for a while. She's just a very thoughtful songwriter. Um, her style is a little different, but I love, love, love her lyrics. So she wrote this song about God. It's, the lyrics go something like, God, you told me that you can move mountains. Maybe that mountain is me. That kind of is a mic drop, okay? And I want you to remember that the sphere and the terrain and the atmosphere and the world that lives inside of you, that is what you live in when you're living out your story, when you're living out your life, that's exactly the space that God wanted to inhabit, right? He gave you the Holy Spirit inside of you to help you deal with this because it's out of this that you're trying to do all this, it just doesn't make sense to do it a different, in a different order. Does that make sense? <laughs> this thing makes sense a lot. So yeah, I'm thinking through here. Just reminding yourself who you are and who God's telling you you are through doing this work um, when he's helping you get specific on the areas of your life that have come up for you when you're kind of working through these worksheets, I want you to really, like, think about that, to really pray over those spaces in your life. There's a thought about, I think it might, I think it's a verse about um, praying unceasingly. Like, think about what that would feel like. You know, it makes me think of there was... Um, I think a priest who talked about like praying while he was doing these mundane tasks, like he talked about like peeling potatoes and being in prayer. And it's just, Brother Lawrence, thank you, yes. And it's just like beautiful. Um, oh my gosh, it, this just made me think of this too. There's so many things, God, you're amazing. Um, I don't remember where this is from, but if you, if you want this full quote, I will find it for you because I have it. Um, so please email me if you want this full quote. But there was something that I was reading about. It's called stirring the oatmeal love. That like God's love moves in us and through us during when we commit and invest in other people and invest in ourselves in our real life day in our real life moments while we're stirring the oatmeal. He's so simple. Somebody brought up, yeah, the simple everyday joys were somehow something that came up when she did her um, What Makes My Heart Sing worksheet. Just remind yourself what his desire is for you. If you loved somebody so much, if you delighted in someone, how would you want your time with them to be what would you want them to feel that they were able to do with you? What would you want them to know that you cared about in their life? Well, freaking everything, right? Like, a person you delight in, 
there can't be something so petty that you don't care. There, there just isn't. So just remind yourself, that's our action step. When we are organizing our life God's way, that's our step one. We need to orient ourselves back to like, well, who do I think I am in this whole process? If I'm just the doer, the performer, the improver, but I'm not seeing improvement, oh, I'm falling short every time. Obviously, <laughs> but that's not who you are. That's not who you are to God. And if God's the voice that you're using as your standard, as like, what is my true foundation? If God is the voice, you can step back into taking him at his word and accepting the true value that you have and then making sense and putting a little order to your life because you're praying his priority over your real life things. Um, I want you to just take a look. <laughs> I saved this one for last because it's truly mind-blowing. Um, at your self-care quiz. I want you to just look it over because it is, when I first read the stuff on this list, like the stuff on this list that is genuine, like caring for yourself stuff, I was like, what? So just, I'm gonna give you a minute to familiarize yourself with that. It's, it's these everyday reasons why spending time with yourself at the beginning of looking at this big task of organizing your life God's way, why spending time with yourself matters so much. Because he made each of us to be effective and to be loved first. So he's the one who fills our cup. I think we talked about this before too in one of the weeks, but he's our only life source. We're gonna look typically for the effects of us doing something to tell us whether we're valuable or impactful or effective. God tells us we already are. Okay? So some of the things on this list might be like, yeah, in a perfect world, which, like she's talking about, we don't live in. <laughs> Nothing is perfect here. But I want you to grab some of these, right? Allow yourself to be challenged on this stuff because I'm telling you so many of my previous definitions, God has been just punching a hole through and I look through that hole and goodness gracious, there's an actually more true thing on the other side that he's trying to bring my attention to. He's like, you're putting up your own definition and it's just blocking your whole view. Take, let me take it down because that is just limiting you. So looking at some of the ways this practically shows up, because I think like I shared before, self-care was not a term that I was very comfortable with, that I really felt like was for me, that I felt connected to in any kind of way. And then God started showing me stuff like this. And I didn't feel connected to it because I was making it something that didn't apply to me. So conveniently, I didn't have to do it because it was uncomfortable. Um, I think I shared with you, but like when I started coaching with my coach back in November, I cried for the first two sessions. I was just in tears because it was so uncomfortable to me to be spending that time on my stuff. It wasn't that I hated being there. It really wasn't. I didn't know where the tears were coming from. I, I was just never, I never spent my time looking at my own stuff. And I just, my body was just reacting. <laughs> it 
And it was amazing and really hard. But I was sitting there, like both of those times, I was sitting there like, well, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> this is exactly where I need to be. Dang it. This is exactly where I need to be. And it was like two selves of me were like kind of fighting that ping pong, right? So in Enneagram language, which I love the Enneagram as a personality tool, um, I do use that with my clients, and I've just experienced so much growth with that. But in Enneagram language, it's called adapted self. When you're doing your autopilot thing, when you're in default, when you're stepping into the flesh, however you want to say it, when you're doing things, leaning on your own understanding, that's called adapted self because you're just, all you're doing is adapting to your circumstances. It's a reactive way to live. But authentic self is also in there. And she's the one God is speaking to today. He's also speaking to the adapted self, like get out of the way, but he's calling your authentic self forward. He wants her to step into the driver's seat of the car instead of adapted self, which loves to just put itself there. <laughs> so that's a hard one. But the authentic self is the you you want to cultivate more of. Okay, she's the one that says, yes, some of these things that look, I don't know how it could possibly happen, but that looks like the exact thing that I need. That's your authentic self. And I want you to know that every time you honor a choice that you step into from your authentic self, God is going to make a way. God is going to make a way and every time he makes a way with that little step, your confidence and your trust in him is just going to be bolstered. It's going to be supported. It's going to be built on layer by layer, and it's going to, you're going to feel stronger. It's just the way that he designed us. It takes discomfort because you're literally like telling the adapted self, which is the you you're really comfortable being. You're saying, you, I'm sorry, but right now, like, we're not doing that. We've got to do this. Picture yourself talking to yourself. Don't maybe like do it. Just kidding. You can do it. Who cares? <laughs> You're doing your thing. Like do it. But you, it does really help to remember that you're speaking to another voice in you. So sometimes in psychology, it's called, I think it's called parts theory. But it's like you are many parts. And you need to start acknowledging those parts that just take default precedence in your life because those parts are used to just having the right of way. And if you wanna make something different happen in your life, you gotta start letting another part have the floor. So whoever's got the megaphone usually, you need to picture yourself like, hi, you're really loud. I get it, you care, and that's where it's coming from. It's coming from survival brain, right? You care a lot, but that's not what we're gonna choose, you know? You picture, like we talked about, like parenting your brain. Your brain is your employee. Whichever one of those analogies helps you the most, it so has helped me <laughs> take back control. I realize like what's happening in me, my discomfort, somebody's throwing a tantrum. And it's probably not my authentic self. Because honestly, when God says his voice is still and small, I think that's kind of what he's talking about, of like, you need to slow down to hear me. You need to step in. That's, that's an internal obstacle. 
any obstacle is going to take an action from you to get through it or to move it out of the way. So that action from you is picturing yourself going up to megaphone person and needing to take it away. Don't be rude. It's megaphone voice that's rude. You don't have to stoop to that level. You can be self-compassionate and kind to yourself and just say, hey, I get it, you care. It's not what we're doing. Because if you're rude and you stoop to the level whatever you could see, that creates a lot more drama. So you don't need to do that with yourself. But if you picture that happening, it's actually really, really effective. Um, so I want you to... Yeah, just think about that. Some of these things, is there anything on the sheet that stands out to anybody as being like, how is that there? Yes, yes. Number 20 is I have backups of things I like to use a lot or that help my life run more smoothly. Examples, contact solution, mascara, pens, paper, vitamins, post-its. This is what I love about this sheet, okay? Does anybody else have like an inkling of why something like that would be self-care. Yes. So something like that is on this list because self-care means you are proactively thinking of yourself. Proactive, not reactive. You're not letting your circumstances determine what you can and cannot do on this sheet. You're proactively saying, if I'm going to spend time, I love what you said, Celeste, if I'm going to spend time doing the things that make me Feel, feel good or fill me up, okay? I want to make sure that I don't have to make an emergency trip to the store to get something so little, because it's going to seem really petty in the moment, like, oh, man, I just ran out of, you know, mascara. I ran out of my favorite pen. Oh, but that's the only one that, like, inspires me to journal. Well, then have 10 of them. Like, now I'm not saying, I'm not saying break the bank, okay, for real. Like, we need to stay real about some of the things we can access on here, but you're allowed to buy a pack of your pens because it reminds you, having them on hand, that you care about yourself. Hey, I know that little detail about me. Oh my word, that's the sweetest thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, and so I forgot to explain my shirt. Actually, there's lemons on it because when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Okay. I had to have another shirt significance during this time. Um, but yeah, does that make sense? You're thinking of being thoughtful toward you. Right? I love that. What was your name? Michelle. Thank you so much for sharing that. So Michelle was saying that she found um, one of the most helpful clarities of what self-care is, is what it is not is escape. It's not mindlessly scrolling. It's unfortunately not binge-watching Netflix. It's also, unfortunately for me, not sitting with a family-sized box of Cheez-Its and forgetting what's going on. It's not shutting things out. Self-care is not shutting things out. It's not shutting yourself down. It's accepting, okay? This is what I really want to, to hit home about what we've been talking about in this workshop. Radical acceptance. To me, that's another way of saying unconditional love. Am I radically accepting myself in a way that just defies where my brain would like to go? That's super good. So Carol's saying that on this list, there's internal 
actions and there's external actions, right? That's, that's huge, right? Even reading a list, yes. And this is God's point. This is God's point that it's not about control. Honestly, when we get to heaven, let's be rational about heaven. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know how that works, but when we get to heaven, is really what heaven is going to be like lived out me being in control of a lot of stuff? I mean, honestly, I just thought about that just, just this second. That doesn't make any sense. So would control be what it's about here? For real, I'm not, this isn't a leading question. This is like, I want your brain to be your advocate. I want you to tell it to go to work trying to find an answer, and I want you to accept what God helps you come to. I want you to feel the freedom to do that because you're the adult of your life, you know? Having the internal things, the internal actions and the external actions here, and pray it through. If some of this is like, I don't know about quite like that, have God help you make something your own, you know? This isn't like the list, like you better do all the things, all 21. It's not about that, but it is about recognizing their internal actions and their external actions, right? And pay attention to your spirit. Your adapted self is going to get very uncomfortable with things that you're not good at or familiar with. That's okay. Why is that okay? Does anyone know why that's okay? To be uncomfortable. You want to change, right? So it's okay to be uncomfortable. And that, I will say that is hard work. It takes hard work to remind that voice with the megaphone, it is not okay to feel this way. You better do the old thing. It's hard work to remind that voice in the moment, hey, I get that you care, but it is okay. Because you're challenging a belief. If something's on a belief level in you, it's going to feel very difficult to uproot that and replace it with something else. But it's just all the more reason to recognize where God is drawing your focus. He doesn't want this stuff holding you back. It's like the tiniest thing and it's irrational. If all I'm going about like in my life to organize it is control, if that's my driving, like my driving focus, but that's actually irrational <laughs> in the long run, it's like what that is holding me back. And it doesn't even make sense with God's plan, right? So this is why God is your first step. God's your first step. So get with him on some of this and recognize too when you're dealing with an external obstacle or you're dealing with an internal obstacle. And yes, yes. Yeah, yeah you see those definitely as being those point to the obstacles that would keep you from caring for yourself. If I don't forgive myself for my own past mistakes, and that includes stuff that I'm not even like really aware that I'm holding against myself, right? Because that's usually how that shows up. Because also our adapted self wants us to forget anything that we've done that's missed the mark. So it's going to be very self-justifying. So I'll get to you in just a second. Thank you. So that's what's so interesting about 18 and 19 is it's 
I allow myself to go deeper in me and be clearer in me of what I see than I ever have been before. That's probably what 18 means. At least that's what it meant to me. This is a place in me I have not faced before. And I certainly haven't gone looking for that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So God says we have the power to not avoid that stuff. Because avoiding it causes years and years of pain and suffering. And facing it could cause 90 seconds of an uncomfortable sensation, but a reminder to myself, a growth in my confidence that I took an action to stand in God's truth and say, I'm okay. This is radical acceptance. I'm okay even though I screwed that up. Because I'm committing, I don't know what this looks like, but I'm committing to not hold myself to a standard God does not hold me to. I'm committing to have a real relationship with him. What were you going to say? Yeah. 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 That's a really good question. Having a problem liking yourself and definitely having a problem loving yourself. Obviously, liking, you know, if we don't accept ourselves, it's going to be really hard to love ourselves. So I believe just recognizing that you're here means that you're purposed to be here. You don't have to picture yourself as somebody you're not to love yourself. And I think that's what the world would have us do. The world would have us see, do I love myself based on do I measure up? God said, you don't have to measure up. In fact, you exist and you are a gift. Absolutely. This is God to you. This is not me. This is God to you. I want you to know that. He wants you to know. Every breath you draw is his purpose through you and to you. And that's, that's the only place that love, loving ourselves can start is you just recognize I'm here. God wants me here. That's a fact. I will be praying that for you today. And you are not alone. I want to thank you so much for sharing that. That is God's truth for every woman in this room. There are things that we are holding against ourselves that we don't even realize. And I want to encourage you to be freaking honest. Be clear. Be clear with how you feel about you and what you're letting in of God's truth because he wants it to be real right now. He wants his love for you to be real right now in a way that you can feel and he's created each of us to hear from him in our own ways. I don't know what that is for you, but I know he wants to meet you through that. So this is what I want to leave you with because I'm like, I'm probably close or over or sorry. Okay, I'm over, but... Uh, okay. When you think about going forward and sustaining some of the things that we've gone over in here, things that God's been bringing up to your heart about your life, about yourself, I want you to check in with yourself on these 
really this is your foundation of self-kindness. And the reason that's so powerful is like we just talked about, to accept that we're a gift, to accept that we are purposed to be here, and there's no lie and there's no obstacle that can steal that truth from you. But it does take you stepping into acceptance. It does take you taking an action that moves you toward God. It doesn't have to be right. (laughs) It doesn't have to be the thing. Just an action that moves you toward God. Because remember that lies steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? If something's stealing away God's presence from you, that's a lie. If something's making you feel uh, dead, that's a lie. And if something is destroying what you think your capacity is or what you want your relationship with God to be, that is also a lie. God gave you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's what he gives you the access to step into in each moment. So check in with your language. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to go through negative feelings. I want you to remember that. Like God said that, that it's okay because he's with you. But check the language you're using. Are you saying I can't? Are you saying that's not me? <laughs> are you saying very like definitive things that sort of in your brain are closing the door on your capacity? Is that how you talk to yourself or about yourself? So just check in about that, right? Also visit inside of yourself your commitment. Are you checking in and saying, am I committed to making this change in my life? Do I want this? Can I be committed? Check in how is that measuring, how is that measuring up? right? Like, how are my actions telling me where my commitment is? Because if I say I'm committed, but my actions aren't, so, so get curious, right? And then check in about your practices. That's where some of these worksheets are really going to come in handy again, because I want you to see, am I giving myself some followable steps here, okay? Make the step like, this is a one-action thing. Like, for instance, don't put clean the garage. I guess you could. Some of you would be fine with that, Apparently, I'm not fine with that. Don't put just clean the garage on your to-do list. Put, like, straighten left corner of garage. Even better, clean off that one shelf on the side wall. Right? Make it simpler for your brain because your brain will logically skip anything that it decides it doesn't have time for. And the more vague your to-do list items are, the more time your brain thinks is going to be needed to do it, okay? So there are a lot of like practical things we obviously don't have time for, but I do want you to mainly check with these three things. Are these reflecting you being an image bearer of God and you desiring to organize your life his way? He tells you you're inside out. You're made for inside out living. You're an inside out being. So to get clear inside of yourself on what you care about, what's important to you. You don't want to be reacting to circumstances. You want to be proactive and putting things in your life that bring you joy and that are meaningful to you and that represent who you want to be and who you are. So do that, right? Question those fears and those voices. Allow yourself to go there. So I'm just going to end by saying, I, uh, oh, this little tools for the journey, strategies for the journey, 
is just a jumping off point for you of getting, just keeping it practical for yourself. Keep it simple. I went through like 29 planners before I was like, I guess I'm not a planner person. And I'm not. And that's amazing. I use, I color block my Google Calendar. That's what I do. So what I'm saying is there's not a right way, but there are, there is something to be said for little tools that help you stay clear and keep your anchoring truths of God in front of you. Because we're humans. We forget stuff. We get distracted. The adapted self, that voice is really loud. We need to help ourselves out, right? That's part of this self-care idea too. So my info is on a bunch of these um, handouts at the bottom. I really want to encourage you, first of all, to do this check-in with yourself. Also, to stay connected with your community. If, if you're friends with some of the women in here and you guys just want to continue and walk it out together, you know, you could start with this list even as part of your theme. And maybe you have like a little accountability. You get together and you talk about what's my walk it out plan. That kind of thing. I don't know. This is just an idea, right? But I want you to think about your own commitment to yourself, how you're utilizing your community, because again, we're humans, like we're designed for community. How are you going to sustain what God's been leading you through in this workshop? And I do want to encourage you that if you need to continue the conversation, if you want to talk about more about the comparison trap, more about obstacles, more about your own limiting beliefs or like how to get around some of this stuff, please let me know. Like, please reach out to me. It's what I do. It's what I love to do. It's what God is doing in me. And I'm like, I can't believe you asked me to do this. Like, because I was so bad at it at first. And I just put that in quotes for any of the audio listeners. I was so bad at it, but that was by my own definition. And for whatever reason, God has called me to help women walk through this. And I want to help you get a plan together that's sustainable. So, your first conversation with me is completely free. There are genuinely no strings attached. I don't know how to talk about this kind of stuff because there's so much like cold calling and like marketing and blah, blah, blah. That's not what this is about. I want you to continue the conversation with your friends. I want you to continue the conversation with your family. I want you to continue the conversation with God. And I want you to feel that you're organizing your life God's way. And if you want to continue the conversation with me, please look me up and check in with me because it's honestly, it's, I would love to even give you a little mini plan on that call. Thank you, Celeste. Celeste said all the worksheets are out on the table. So feel free to grab some um, and pass on if any of your friends were at previous ones and were not able to be at this one or you need anything else, please just email me because I have all this stuff. Thank you so much for honoring this space with your presence, and I am praying that God will continue to take what you've been learning and make it more real and more real and more real in your heart every moment that you say yes to him. Thank you so much.